the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one in studio john burnside toronto city councillor equipped with his word of the week which he will attempt to uh insert. We never got to splenetic. You only remembered it last week after we had finished. Well, in fact, it was my girlfriend that reminded me that I forgot. That's how pathetic I am. All right. Journalist and co-founder of The Line, which I'm now subscribing to, Matt Gurney is here, and Sabrina Nanji with Queen's Park Observer. Happy Monday to you all. Let's start with the uh, protests through the weekend. Matt, I was saying to uh, Joe Warmington when he was on with us a little while ago that you will always judge a protest based on its worst elements. So what's your takeaway from these uh, pro-Palestinian, anti-Israeli protests this weekend? When it trips over into uh, being outside the window of a Jewish-owned business yelling at the customers inside, it has ceased to become a commentary on the Middle East. It is no longer about resistance. It is not about calling for human rights or raising concerns about humanitarian issues. It's become an anti-Semitic protest. And this is something where, you know, I, I like to think I have some moral clarity on this. And I think, John, what you said a minute ago was exactly bang on. If you were someone who continues to this day to draw any understanding of what the convoy was in Ottawa last year based on the presence of a Confederate flag, but you see absolutely nothing wrong with a masked man heckling diners inside a Jewish restaurant, I really don't know what the hell you're doing. Let me turn this over to John Burnside now. And um, we were, again, noting earlier in the show, so far, I think it was Brad Bradford was in studio a little while ago, and uh, nothing from the mayor, nothing from the premier, nothing from the prime minister about this. But that's also a bit of a test, I find, these days for politicians. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, every politician says it's unacceptable, and then they follow it up with nothing. Yeah. And I don't know how to follow it up. But I will say this sort of thing is a reminder that hatred and prejudice cuts across all races all religions and all cultures and you know so that's the first thing and the second thing, the problem I have or the issue I have uh, beyond the ignorance of it all is that you know the most of these people that have come out to do these sorts of things have had zero involvement in any Palestinian you know issue in the past Right, that's my assertion anyway, is that they come out, they've, they've got this hatred inside them, and it's a great opportunity to bang some heads, uh, harass some people, whatever the case might be. Sabrina Nanji, Joe Warmington again, uh, writes today about 1933 Berlin compared to 2023 here and elsewhere around the world. And for Jewish people, it's a chilling thing to see Jewish people and Jewish businesses being harassed. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, it is scary watching those clips from that are going around on, on social media right now. And I agree with my co-panelists, you know, like, this is obviously a nuanced issue. Like, the Middle East is a perennial hot potato, but, but this something like this goes way too far. And, you know, politicians need to be unequivocal calling this out. I think, you know, rally organizers need to shut down um, this kind of behavior too because certainly I think it's just fueling the divide that's already being felt so strongly here in Canada um, and yeah I mean it's certainly scary not only for the Jewish community but anyone who it, you know feels any kind of way about civil rights. 
Sabrina, let me stick with you for a second because if I understand the agenda, today the Conservatives will marshal their sanctioning of Sarah Jama in the House, and it comes, you know, dovetails nicely with uh, QP Ontario President Fred Hahn finally apologizing two weeks later for his outrageous statement about the situation in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, the Sarah Jama situation has just completely exploded and, you know, scrambled Ontario politics. I mean, on the one hand, now we've got Jama threatening Premier Doug Ford uh, with a defamation suit if he doesn't apologize for calling her anti-Semitic. But, you know, don't get me wrong. The Conservatives have welcomed this distraction because it sort of came to a head at the time when, you know, the RCMP announced an investigation into the green belt but it's not a great look for the ndp which has you know linked up with qp many times before sarah jama herself has been called out for making anti-semitic statements and meanwhile you know fred Hahn and the union is meeting for it's uh it's having a big meeting and that sort of met the timing with this apology which comes two weeks late so for a lot of folks that i'm speaking with in the jewish community you know this apology rings hollow it felt more like he was apologizing for the timing of his pro-Palestinian statements rather than, you know, actually hurting the Jewish community. So a lot of folks that I'm talking with aren't buying it. Matt Gurney, it makes me laugh out loud sometimes if I'm on X or Twitter and I see somebody write, delete your account. But I actually think uh, Fred Hahn would do himself a favor by deleting his account. And you know what? There are those among us who are probably perfectly good at our jobs, maybe even intelligent people. I might even go out on a limb and go, nice people who do not have the judgment to have instantaneous ability to distribute every passing thought to the entire free world at the speed of light. Not all of us are wired to do that. And I think anyone who spends any time online has probably had a tweet or two that they regret. Others of us make a habit of it, and we do it in the most spectacularly stupid of ways. And once upon a time, not all that long ago, the only real way someone could just sort of freely share all of their views to the entire world, John, would be to call a show like yours, to do like an actual talk radio call-in line. And even then, you would have call screeners and a dump button. Like, the idea that we can just broadcast every passing thought into the ether instantly is relatively new. Fred Hahn got himself in trouble in a microsecond and then spent two weeks coming up with a completely chicken crap non-apology <laughs> i'm sorry if anyone was offended by my celebrating the rape program that's what he came up with here he's a moron and he should get himself off twitter before he further proves his idiocy yeah, it's funny what you were just saying about talk radio because one of my favorite headlines from the spoof news operation called the onion is bob from ohio to deliver national address at 208 on rush limbaugh show exactly <laughs> okay uh john burns Let's keep moving here, actually, because there's a few other things I want to sink my teeth into. One of them being, is there any shame that Canada didn't manage to arrive at a conclusion about the bombing of a hospital in Gaza until, I think it was early Sunday morning? And apparently we were only the third country to arrive at that conclusion. And frankly, who really cares what Canada thinks? But a lot of people were having sport about it anyway. Yeah, just stole my thunder. Uh, who cares what Canada thinks? I mean, we are now a non-player on the world stage. We don't live up to obligations uh, and treaties that we've actually signed on to, yet we 
traipse around pontificating to everyone else. And to your point, we're third, okay, a week later, thanks for that. But I just don't think anyone really cares other than the people on Twitter who just want to make an issue out of anything. Matt, you had a waggish observation on all of this, but I'll also come back to the idea. I think we grossly exaggerate that Canada ever had that big a role to play. I mean, yes, one of our citizens wrote to the uh, the Treaty of International Rights or whatever for the UN, and yes, we had Lester Pearson, but, you know, who cares what Australia says either? Yeah, no, exactly. Canada's footprint on the global stage is minimal. The only reason we were talking about this at all, and this is a political analysis more than it is maybe a geopolitical analysis, but the Prime Minister and members of his government rushed to judgment here. Now, the PM was smart enough to never say in his remark, and Israel bombed a hospital. But he responded to a question about that with with an aggressive condemnatory statement that was 100% intended for the soundbiting. Shortly thereafter, after he and other members of his government go out on that limb, we start to realize that Israel probably didn't blow up the hospital. And then basically, rather than go, yeah, you know what, maybe I was a little too hot under the collar there, maybe I got ahead of it, we have to, for the Prime Minister's sake, go through this effort of of serious people in this country pretending that the Canadian Armed Forces Intelligence Command is pouring over their microfilm and their telephone taps to make sure that we fully understand what happened here. The, The guys that the Intelligence Command would have looked at the same Al Jazeera clips as the guys at the CIA and the Pentagon and drawn the same conclusions here. The entire effort was to give the Prime Minister political cover. It had nothing to do with the rest of the world. I want to jump to another provincial matter and start with you, Sabrina, on this, and that is two Ontario municipalities are asking to be compensated by the province for money spent during the time that the Green Belt was open for development. Do you think they have a case? I mean, certainly this is, uh, you know, just another headache on this whole Greenbelt drama for the Ford government, but it does seem like, you know, they might have a shot here. Um, Obviously, the Conservatives have introduced this new bill to, you know, backtrack on their carving up of the Greenbelt, but that seemed more to do with this policy flip-flop and not having any... Um, you know, being sued by developers on that. So it, it remains to be seen if, you know, that will cover them in cases like this, where we've now got Pickering uh, and Grimsby saying that they've spent some money to, you know, plan for parts of the Greenbelt being opened up, and now they're they're out that money. So I, I do think that they, they've got a case here. Um, but again, the Ford government still needs to pass their Greenbelt bill. Uh, if that's retroactive, you know, gives them immunity from these types of cases too, I think remains to be seen. But John certainly Burns, yeah. it does... It does set a precedent that, yep. you know, other municipalities might jump on. Well, I mean, John Burnside, if we were to set up a, you know, a transit corridor and start the work and then flip flop on it, I think we'd be on the hook for something. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the province is being a bit parsimonious in this case. And that is my word of the that day, John. Word of the day. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Um, you know, they're making a statement now. Who knows? You know, that's the headline. Who knows what happens three weeks from now? But I think that's really the least of their issues, and they should make municipalities whole for that kind of money uh, because municipalities did go into this uh, on, in good faith. And uh, I just don't think you want more people chirping at you. Okay. Matt Gurney? 
I think what's going to happen is the municipalities are going to demand that they be made whole. Uh, and I, I think the councilors bang on right. They should be. And I think what Doug Ford is going to do is he's going to send them like a mixtape of all the mean stuff he's said about Sarah Jama, and he's going to call it even. <laughs> uh, John Burnside, quickly as a city councilor again, we had uh, an e-bike burst into flames inside of an apartment or condo, I'm not sure which, doesn't matter, inside a unit on Young Street, two people taken to hospital. Is this, you think, going to become a bit of an issue? Um, well, people might make it an issue. I don't, you know, sure, it is definitely an issue. I just don't know what you do about it. You can say, oh, we have to store all the e-bikes in a room. Well, they can still catch fire and, and burn the place down. So, um, you know, people look to the city constantly to, to fix every problem. I just don't know how you actually would address, you know, the odd e-bike that's you know, catching fire. Okay. Sabrina and Angie, it would seem that people are buying cheap batteries, which are more prone to blowing up. And so a lot of complexes are now saying, can't put those things inside your unit. Yeah, I think regulation is what this comes down to. I mean, when we when we first read this article, I didn't know it like sounded like it spontaneously combusted. Mostly we're talking about, you know, the speed, wearing helmets, where these things are allowed. Um, and so, you know, just add this on the pile of things to sort out with e-bikes. Yeah, Matt Gurney, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I guess 10 years ago, nobody could have predicted everybody would be riding around on scooters and e-bikes. This is just going to be one of those weird things where, as human beings, we invent new technologies and then we totally embrace them, and then we find out later that it's actually like giving us cancer or poisoning the environment. I will say, blowing up your own apartment trying to save the earth is a little more on the nose than usual, but it fits the pattern. Thank you all. John Burnside with his word of the week, Sabrina and Angie, and Matt Gurney. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.